Welcome to the Elijah Fire Podcast, where we jump into issues of today with faith and freedom instead of fear. And now here's your host, Jeff Tharp. What is going on, everybody? Happy Friday. Got my Star Wars shirt on, repping the Wesselmania. I'm ready to go. It's sunny outside. It's it's like warm, but not too warm. It's like 80 degrees. Got my iced coffee, my cold brew. I'm ready to go. This is going to be a great episode. I've been looking forward to this. Um, okay, guys, uh, I'm excited. This this guest, she's been on one time before, and it was almost a year ago. We were talking before, like, wow, it's been like it's been a year, and a lot has happened since then. So, um, my guest today, she is Miss Tennessee USA of 2020. She's also the ambassador and ambassador for Turning Point USA, and she's also the branding and media director for Restore Seven. Let's give it up for my guest today, Justice Keel. Hey, welcome back. Thanks. I'm so excited to be back. Yeah. So two things. When you're talking about the weather, we are in the middle of a storm. Oh, you are? Yeah. Like, is it like bad, bad? It's a little bad. You might hear some thunder. I think the worst has passed, but it's one of those storms. Not sunny. Yeah. (laughs) Has it been just today or is it like a continual thing over the past? Thankfully, just today. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And it's pretty, like, pretty nasty, humid over there, right? Yeah, I think it's regularly like 90% humidity here in Middle Tennessee. And my husband and I live out in the middle of nowhere. So when we get a storm, it's like there's no trees to block it. It's just hitting us. Oh, man. <laughs> it's kind of fun, though, you know, a little adventure. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I, I guess. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> as long as you're not scared of tornadoes, it's it's kind of fun. So is it pretty flat where you are then? Yes. You know, and we live outside of Nashville and that's why it's so flat. Nashville is actually like pretty mountainous and beautiful. Okay. Um, but we're down South in farm area. Uh, we wanted to have land and be out a little bit. So it's beautiful out here too, but definitely not in the same way as Nashville. Are you guys going to start a farm? We have a massive garden actually that we okay. did this year it was our first time doing it. I think he said it's like a half acre in size, wow. which sounded crazy to me but i was looking at it, i was like yeah it's huge yeah. Uh, so we grew like a bunch of squash and um cucumbers and corn like a bunch of random look things at you. <laughs> look at that man killed a lot of things also but you yeah. killed a lot of things too oh i thought you were for some reason i immediately went to like you went out and just killed animals i was like wow okay <laughs> no. we, we went there all right yeah, no, no um plants not any of that. just plants yeah at this point Maybe chickens in the future. Yeah. Sorry to my vegan friends out there. But yeah, well, you know. Love chicken. Chicken is delicious. <laughs> I love it as well. So, um, okay, well, two things. First off, you have like one of the coolest names. You get probably told that all the yeah. time. Uh, but then also, I was thinking about it as we were getting started. I was like, I'm just saying, and maybe you've heard this a lot, but if you were to ever dress up as a superhero, I'm just going to throw my hat in and say that you'd make an amazing Wonder Woman. Thank I think you. Everyone else would go, yes. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I dressed up as Wonder Woman for a costume party at my university years oh. ago. Oh, nice. And I was in school in LA and I had to wear my costume like walking to campus. And I'm pretty sure people just thought I was a street performer or something. And I was like, oh, I got to keep going, keep yeah. moving. <laughs> I don't want them to think I'm one of those people. No, oh not in God. LA. You just, you could get the wrong kind of attention. And Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Especially with like street performers in LA. Yeah. yeah. You know, a little yeah. sus. 
So I get it. I think I asked, I asked you, I maybe, I don't know, man, so much has happened in a year. So I'm going to ask you it again as if I've never asked it because I can't remember. How did you end up becoming an ambassador for Turning Point USA? Yeah. So long story short, it was through being Miss Tennessee USA. Um, my year as Miss Tennessee USA, I it was the one of the most politically controversial years in our country's history. Just yeah. the beginning of all the craziness. <laughs> um, I was crowned at the end of 2019, so right before COVID hit. And uh, so we had COVID, we had the BLM riots, and then we had the election. And the election actually happened while I was at Miss USA. And, uh, you know, there were, I think there are 14 of us who are conservative out of the 51 contestants. Mm -hmm. uh, and none of us let it be known because it was really clear that you weren't going to do well if you had supported Trump. And so I felt so frustrated by the yeah. end of Miss USA because I felt like um, I just felt silenced. I felt like yeah. nobody with my point of view was allowed to be heard. And the organization also has made um, some changes since then that I think are really beneficial. So if you're involved in it, things are looking up for you. But um, we happened to be in the last year that it was extremely political. And so I just told some of the other conservative girls, um, I said, you know, I am, I, I've got to do something. I got to go somewhere and be somewhere where we can actually be proud of what we believe in and mm -hmm. be proud to be from the USA, which is crazy because that's what we're all competing for is to represent the USA. Right. Um, and so I uh, was like, I'm going to this turning point event somehow. And one of the girls had a connection there. And so she's like, I'll get us tickets. And so four of us were brave enough to go because we were still title holders at this time. Mm -hmm. And we received a ton of backlash and hate. But while we were there, the turning point people uh, were phenomenal. They gave us VIP passes and just it was pretty much the opposite experience of what we had had at Miss USA. We were welcomed, we were celebrated, um, and we were all offered to become ambassadors for a turning point. And I was so excited because mm -hmm. it was this connection that, you know, Miss USA organization probably would have never set up <laughs> or wanted to have happen. Right? Yeah. Um, like we're going to punish you. Yeah. Yeah. But God totally just made this connection happen. And Turning Point USA, those friends have become like my closest friends in the last several years and just been um, a huge part of my life in the last couple of years. And so I can't imagine if I hadn't had that connection. I'm so thankful that the Lord made it and so thankful for Turning Point and what they're doing. And mm -hmm. um, they really treat us amazingly as ambassadors where we're really, really blessed by that partnership. So, yeah. And great. so what does that all like entail? Like if they come to you and say, Jess, uh, Justice, we want you to become an ambassador. What does that even mean? Is it just upholding certain standards or, you know, what? Really, the main thing is that we get stuff out of it. So I get to go to all the events and, oh, they, you know, they bring us out there, let us stay in the hotel. We get to stay with another ambassador. And so I stay with my Miss Florida USA. She's also an ambassador and she's become one of my best friends. Oh. And we always stay together. And um, she's also a really strong believer. And so that's the main thing is just we go and we post on social media what we're doing. Um, they also send us merchandise. So we post in our merchandise and Sweet. I love all their merch. So it's, it's, pretty, <laughs> it's a pretty good deal for me. And, um, you know, just 
sharing things that their projects that they're working on and everything mm. Again, super easy because I believe in what they're doing. And, yeah. um, and so it's, yeah, really minimal expectations on us. And, um, I, I really feel like they're, they're seeking to be a blessing to conservative creators. And mm-hmm. so I'm really, really thankful. Yeah. I think one of the things that's been really cool to see out of 2020 and I would, I, I can mark it and say, yeah, it was definitely a result of all the cray that happened in 2020 um, is just conservatives realizing, Hey, we got to like, we got to stop rolling over and showing our bellies. And I think there's a, it's hard because there's a, there's kind of this weird uh, division that's happening even within the church, where if you are outspoken and you are bold with what you say, um, you do have a sect of Christians who are like, you're supposed to be meek. You're supposed to be quiet, quiet. You, you're supposed to be this and and not that. And, and, um, and so it's been a really kind of a, feels kind of like a painful, like stretching, uh, cause we're supposed to be unified. Right. You know, but, um, I ultimately view it as a good thing. Uh, the fact that conservatives are realizing, Hey man, we got to look at what our, our kind of meekness are not wanting to r- make any waves ruffle any feathers look look at the mess it's caused yeah definitely this is something where husband and i talk about a lot because yeah. there's like a difference between how we relate to something institutionally and how we in- interact with it on a person to person level and so um you know institutionally or spiritually principalities those sorts of things yeah. like we've got to be like fierce and hard-lined and like fight Mm -hmm. um and that doesn't mean that we treat individual people that way um i'm thinking for example we realize we were talking with our i guess our pastors they don't really call themselves a church but they're the leaders of the it's basically like a church we'll just call them our pastors (laughs) it walks like a duck and quacks like a duck yeah Yeah. (laughs) i know i'm like it's you know one of those situations where you don't want to call yourself the thing but that's what it is um they're phenomenal people and they we were just talking with them about how not one major church in nashville made a post about roe v wade on social media or anything and okay maybe that's okay whatever you but they all made posts about BLM stuff and like climate change and all these other things, but they didn't say anything about Roe v. Wade, nothing. And, um, and so I think like the church at large needs to be taking strong stances on these things Mm -hmm. and how we interact with people on an individual basis, a person who's coming into the church, who's had an abortion, who needs healing or who is in a crisis pregnancy and needs help. Obviously that person needs compassion in their interaction and not like, well, God says, blah, blah, blah. You know, they, they need to go over well. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Uh, which I think maybe for a while, that's what the church was doing. It was kind of that extreme. And now mm-hmm. we've kind of swung the opposite extreme where we're like, oh, everything is fine. You can be whatever you can do, whatever, like God's, God's good with it. And it's like this, like, I call it like Tony Robbins Christianity. It's like you go to church to get like a pep talk and feel good yeah. about yourself uh, and yeah. um, not to be transformed and to be mm-hmm. challenged. And so, yeah, anyways, that's yeah. my thoughts about kind of. No, and I think that's a really good point, though, that you brought up that you're saying that you and your husband talked about, about the institutional relation to a lot of these issues versus the person to person. And I think that that's an important thing to 
to bring up, I guess, you know, like you did is, is that there is a difference. It's like, it's not like, I think it's important to constantly not lose the humanity of a person when you're looking at somebody, um, you know, like that's what I always try to do whenever I see, um, you know, stuff show up in my feed or whatever of people that are saying they hate white people and they're saying really mean things like yesterday that happened and I was watching it and I was just like, okay, cause you know, sometimes, sometimes you feel a little like, oh, you know, like when people say it. I just honestly, you know, my flesh and Shapiro on people every once in a while, (laughs) but, but having this moment of just sitting there going, okay, God, I forgive her for what she said. And I actually started all of a sudden just start crying for her, like, and praying over her because I could just see hurt. A lot of this is hurt, you know? And I think if we look at it in a physical sense, right? Like it's, it's not, we're really good at like reading our, our battles, not against flesh and blood. But then actually, like, actually practicing it, uh, it's kind of a different story. Yeah. So. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I was just talking to a friend about this earlier today. Um, how, you know, the Ben Shapiro's of the conservative world, ninety percent of the time, probably more like ninety nine percent of the time, they're not actually bringing in more conservatives. Um, they're like the people who are cheering on us who are conservative and need to be reminded that we are not alone mm-hmm. and that there's other people who believe this and to stand firm. But my interactions with other people like online specifically, or if it's in person, um, which is more rare than online these days, uh, I don't interact like that. I, I, I try really hard to empathize with somebody and sure. their, how their experiences might influence their perspective on things not because their experience is a correct assessment of like reality and truth but because it definitely affects their ability to perceive truth Mm. and um and i think that's so so important if you want to change hearts and minds which i think all of us do whether we're talking about like evangelizing or we're talking about bringing the kingdom which is like you know being countercultural and and mm-hmm. standing for what's true, mm-hmm. um, I think it's so important that we come with. It's like like Jesus was known for speaking truth and love, and so you never back down on the truth. But how can you do it with love and compassion in how you approach another person? Yeah, um, that's one thing I would love to see more conservative people taking on that challenge is the love part of the truth because we've got. We've finally been awakened to the truth part. And I think now we really have to, you know, come in the opposite spirit of what the enemy has been doing, which is condemnation. Like you're saying, like getting online and saying that you hate people based on the color of their skin, even if you're saying you hate white people. I mean, that's that's crazy. That's crazy that this is like. This and then is- they're told they're not like it's OK because it's not racist to say that. And I'm like. Pretty sure it is. <laughs> I'm like, no, that's somebody's race, and you're saying you hate yeah. them based off of that, you yeah. know. Um, and it's like you said, there's there's hurt there, um, and so that's not like normal or okay. But how can we, how can we interact in a totally different way? How can we come in and right. um and interact in a way of love and humility? That's I think where that whole like meekness and humility thing that you're talking about comes mm-hmm. in. That doesn't mean that we don't um that we we don't share truth it just means that we share it from a place of humility from a place from a place of serving and laying our lives down for others because the truth does matter oh absolutely yeah and i think 
even when Roe v. Wade got overturned, obviously it was a really, I mean, it was an amazing thing. It was just like, oh my gosh, it happened. Um, which obviously like you talked, <laughs> right. Yeah. It was just like, well, also I was like really, really impressed by the, uh, uh, the justices, the Supreme court justices who, despite the leaks still held their ground. Yeah. Um, and they're like, no, we're not going to, we're not going to, uh, cowtail to these, to, to temper tantrums or death threats or things like that. We're going to uphold justice and we're going to uphold. Intense. <laughs> well, yeah. And I think that to me, I looked at it and I was like, guys, this is a good thing because this is actually more constitutional because it's throwing the authority back into the States instead yeah. of having too much federal oversight, which it's a happy day when we have less federal yeah. oversight. So yeah, but the, the thing that I, I, I really tried to kind of keep in the forefront of my mind as I was kind of praying and, and, you know, thanking God, but also when I'd see a lot, I mean, we saw a lot of crazy, crazy videos around that time um, was there are people who, even though it's not the truth, they, they, they're 100% grieved. They're 100, they, they, regardless of like, they actually feel yeah. grief over this. And I can acknowledge that. That's always how I try to like deal with relationships too, is like, even if somebody perceives something wrong, that's not true. Say I said something and they thought I meant something else. And then they have emotions based off of that. What I said, what they thought I said, regardless yeah. of, I can correct it and say, Oh no, that's not what I meant. That, that's not actually what I said. I said this, I, you still have to address the, the pain or the emotions they feel as a result of what you, they thought you said. And I think that it's important to kind of have, that approach with things too, of acknowledging it and not being like, well, you should abortion's wrong. And you need to stop being upset. I'm like, well, they're yeah. upset and you can't change that, you know? So yeah, totally. no, I think that's so important. Recognizing that whether we like it or not, our, our feelings are involved mm -hmm. in um, how we perceive the world, how we perceive truth. And obviously the goal is that, that's not where we get our perception of reality and truth from, especially as believers that right. you know, we're grounded in the word and in the Holy spirit leading us and all those things. But, um, but those are real things. And, and God is aware of that. Um, and it's okay for us to have compassion towards that. When we interact with other people, we don't have to just, yeah. Like you said, like just keep repeating the same truth over and over again, but without having that love. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, I just love the, um, the whole idea of truth and how people perceive it. Um, because it's, I mean, we're definitely in that in our world right now. Right. You know, like it's, um, I think we talked about this last time you were on the show too, about, about, um, absolute truth versus relative truth. Yeah. Um, and it's a, it really is a powerful thing. And obviously we know where we stand. We know, um, but it's, um, it's just crazy to see like how, how, even though it's evil, you know, like the, the believing a false truth, how powerful that actually is, um, in society. And then if you have megaphones, like the media, you can push out something like that and it becomes, it becomes like propaganda, you know, yeah. it's crazy.
Literally, yeah. yeah. Thanks for listening. The Elijah Fire podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, visit ElijahFire.com slash donate. Yeah. So, um, I mean, we're kind of talking about it right now, but in your notes, you had something about um, the importance of pure hearts. Um, and so I don't know if there was anything else you had on this subject, because I guess we're kind of, yeah. we kind of just like flowed right into it. <laughs> yeah. So um, this is sort of relevant to what I'm talking about, but I'm Johnny and Lo's daughter. So if you guys know who he is, he talks about the seven mountains a lot and about bringing the kingdom of heaven to earth. And so I grew up around this message of reformation and wanting to see the world change. And if you're not familiar with that idea, reformation is basically the idea that um, we want the culture around us in every area of culture. So, you know, arts and entertainment, media, family, government, education, all those things. We want it to reflect the truth about who God is. Um, and there is major reformation required in order for that to happen because mm-hmm. currently, you know, we look in all of those areas and it's just corruption, corruption, corruption. And uh, that inevitably tells people something about God and something that's not true. Right. And so um, something that, I've seen emphasized and probably overemphasized in the message of reformation is the idea that we need innovation and we need new ideas and we need to be the most relevant and we need to be the best at what we do. And there of course is an element of truth to that. Um, So for example, like arts and entertainment, Um, you know, having like unique movies, things, storylines that people have never heard before, redemptive storylines, you know, using new technologies in our filming and all that Mm -hmm. kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And that is true. Those are things that we do want. But I think that I've seen an overemphasis um, and how this gets lived out, an overemphasis in trying to be the next something that God is going to use over developing character and purity mm, of heart. Come on. Uh, and so, yeah. For example, I had friends who, um, you know, wanted to be in the music industry. And I remember having so many arguments with, with them, loving arguments, but arguments with them because there was a lot of compromise around substances and alcohol. And I said, well, why, why are you doing this? Like what? And they said, oh, for influence. And I said, what are you influencing people to do? You are, you look just like everybody else. Right. You're, you, mm. yeah, you have cool music and different lyrics than other people, but you're, you're the way that you live looks just like the world around Come you. On. Yes. So, what's the point, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think I might've talked about this last time. I can't remember if it was this or another podcast that I did, but if our influence isn't coming from God, then it's coming from us, our flesh. And is that like what we want to influence people with our flesh? Because we don't even want to influence ourselves with our flesh. Right. So that's a huge thing that I um, have just been thinking about and processing with the Lord recently. And I think there's kind of two major ditches you can fall in with this. You have like kind of what I've talked about with, um, I'll call it like the compromise ditch where it's like, you're so focused on, I guess I'll call it being like the next Justin Bieber of the entertainment mountain. Yeah. Or uh, you want to be like the best teacher ever. You want to be whatever. You're trying to be the best. You're trying to be at the top of the mountain. And um, so it's kind of like, 
who has time for all those other little things? Okay, we know the Bible now. Like, it's such a focus on like prophetic activation and all these big things that are, again, they're good things, but they cannot come at the cost of those foundational things of like character. And what does it even look like to live as a follower of Jesus? Mm -hmm. And the other ditch that I see people fall into, and this one might sound bad at first, so I'm going to have to explain myself. (laughs) Go for it. Just do it. (laughs) Stand it up. The the presence over everything, people. They're like, we just oh, want the yeah. of God. We just want the presence of God. And yeah, we should just want the presence of God. But the problem is that what I've seen that become in um specifically like the charismatic movement is what they really mean is supernatural experiences. Um, and sometimes they're not even supernatural experiences, sometimes it's just feelings that you're having. Yep. And so you're looking for a specific set of feelings. Um and we call that the presence of God. Oh, we got chills. That's the presence of God. Or, mm-hmm. you know, you can feel and experience nothing and the presence of God is there. Yeah. So it doesn't that, change. It. Yeah. Right. That real presence of God, obviously, like, yes, we don't want to do anything without that. But um, this experiential, like, feelings-based, I think both of these things, one is like, you know, just hyper-spiritual and spiritualizing things that are not spiritual to be honest and then the other one is like oh none of this matters because god just you know god uses broken people and so it doesn't matter that i'm not addressing massive character flaws i'm just gonna you know keep climbing the mountain oh man and which i mean it's kind of where we've found ourselves right now in the church where we're seeing a lot of exposure of people that because you're given opportunities to allow god to refine your character as you, as you progress in ministry or whatever it is, whatever mountain yeah. you find yourself in, I think yeah. that um, you have opportunities to do that. And then I think where we're at now, where we're seeing a lot of exposure is people who haven't embraced those opportunities, you know, because uh, they wanted to feed their flesh more. But, you know, I think, man, like, this is like a big, a big topic. And my wife can attest, I'm very passionate about this and I'm a total outward processor. So I'll just like go, like, you know, um, but, um, she and I talk about this a lot actually too, about how like there's this, there's this need to be liked. Our flesh wants to be liked. And I think that there's this sneaky thing that the devil has done with, um, being humble and being, uh, being meek, like we were talking about earlier, where really is rooted in you wanting to be liked. I don't want to make waves. I just want to kind of go in there. I just want to, and honestly, there are opportunities in my life that I completely like failed at with a capital F because (laughs) I, I, I made no splash. I started looking at my life and I was like, why am I trying to be like the world just to be agreeable and be yeah. Like that's not what we're called to be. Um, and I think there was also a part of me that was like, Oh, if I'm, if I'm a little bit more outspoken about these things, then people think I'm not loving and I don't want that, you know? And so as a result, you just become like Jesus talks about lukewarm. Mm-hmm. And that is the last thing you want. That's yeah. like the absolute last thing you want to be. Is yeah. lukewarm. No, that's something else. We we just went on a trip with our pastors. So that's why I have all these stories of conversations we've yeah. had with them. Um, but we were talking about this, um, the whole thing. Oh my gosh, this is pregnancy brain right now because I am 
just missing my thought in the middle of it. Remind me what you were just saying. I was talking about the need to, uh, to be liked and be agreeable. Yes. Okay. Yeah. We spiritualize that, you know, again, we go, uh, like I need to make God's standards sound better so <laughs> that people will to protect God's reputation. So that people yeah. want to be, I'm watching your back. God. Yeah. Flash. I don't want people to hate me. <laughs> yeah. And so we spiritualize our fear. And this is the conversation we're having is that God will never ask you to compromise on his truth in order to have influence from him. Mm. And, oh. and so when you are compromising on the truth and you're still influential, you should be questioning where your influence is coming from. Again, it's like, is it, com is it coming from you? Cause you're making it happen or is it coming from because you're popular or, or whatever, because you're saying things that people want to hear, or is it because God has anointed you to have influence <laughs> and you don't want influence if it's not from God, because there is so much that comes with that and so much opportunity, even when it is God that brings the influence, there's still so much opportunity for, um, for you to compromise and to lose things that really, really matter. And, you know, it, there's kind of the whole like prosperity gospel idea of like, if I'm doing the right thing spiritually, I do this, God gives me this. Yeah. You know? It's transactional. Yeah. Um, I think we, we can often do the same thing here. And, um, Again, wow, I had somewhere that I was going with that, but we'll, we'll it'll come back to me. Yeah, we'll circle back. <laughs> we'll totally circle back. Yeah, we'll gen yeah, in case you guys yeah. know, I am pregnant right now. And I always thought people were joking when they're like, oh, pregnancy brain. And every single conversation I have, this happens multiple times. Just yeah, the struggle is real with the pregnancy brain. Yeah, we forgive <laughs> justice. Don't worry about it. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, the um, I think right now, what we're seeing, what I'm observing, you know, I, I talk to a lot of people on this show in and out of this show. Um, and the thing that I'm seeing a lot is that God is really, really stoking fires within individual hearts. And he's always been doing that. Yes. But there's an awareness, there's a greater awareness of it mm -hmm. to where it's like, man, I gotta, I gotta get my stuff together. I got it. Like all these man-made structures that I've built up that I thought these were important mm -hmm. to serve God. Like God is ripping those things down. He's definitely doing it in my life. Uh, it's been a crazy couple of years of that. Um, Same. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and I think that um, there was, um, there's actually a, a message from your dad um, that I was listening to. It was like in a podcast and it was like the Restore 7 podcast from a couple of years ago or something. I don't know. Um, but um, he was talking about the arts and entertainment mountain. And, you know, people on the show know that that's like the mountain my wife and I feel called to. And and um, just, uh, we used to live in L.A. And um, I started kind of getting in with different people. And then God was like, OK, I want you to move back up to Oregon. And so I remember I was talking to my friends and they were like, dude, you can't do that. You need, how are you going to get discovered? And I legit was like, Oh, I don't know. Oh no. God, did I make the wrong decision? And God like immediately was like, Nope, don't listen to them. <laughs> just, just follow me. And I think that that's the principle behind everything is the, the absolute necessity of following the Lord. Yeah. Um, 
even when it doesn't make sense. So kind of going back to the message your dad was giving um, was at that time, God had been asking me to stop. Hey, I want you to stop. I want you to stop playing that game. Hey, I want you to stop watching that show. Hey, I want you to stop watching those. Hey, I want you to get rid of those movies that you grew up with and you love. And I was like, oh, that's hard. And I was just like, oh, okay. All right. Oh my gosh. Please tell me I'm hearing right. You know, like it was just, I started doing all these things and it didn't make sense. Cause I'm like, dude, I'm like a, like I'm in, I'm into filmmaking and yeah. I'm like, this doesn't make sense at all because it goes against everything that I was told and taught in school, which is you got to know what the, you got to be on the bleeding edge. You got to know what the trends are. You got to know, you got to be in, you got to know what those things are. And so Johnny Enlo, you know, your dad, um, <laughs> you know, you don't know who he is. Yeah. Um, he, uh, he said, and maybe some of you, God is asking you to stop watching things right now. Mm. And, and, and then I can't remember what else he said, but to me, that alone was like confirmation. I'm like, Oh, okay. Okay. You know? Mm -hmm. And then later God showed me, uh, he said, I'm doing this because I want you to be a voice, not an echo. And I think that kind of going back to what you're talking about is this whole thing of like trying to blend in with the world, trying to be lukewarm, trying to be beige, you know, and, and then, um, and then going, okay, well then, and then I'm just going to emulate whatever the world's doing. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think the important thing, the mark of a believer is that our lives look noticeably different. Mm -hmm. Our, our worldview is noticeably different. Um, our, our hope, our joy, our peace, those things are prevalent in our lives. Yeah. And if they aren't, then we need to reorient ourselves with the one who provides those things. Mm -hmm. And it's not in stuff and it's not in doing so or in substances <laughs> or in substances yeah. yeah no i totally agree and i think um along the lines of what you're saying about reorienting ourselves and everything i remembered what i was uh, gonna say before thank god um sweet <laughs> which is this this prosperity gospel message is i think it's like actually really a worldly message that we sucked into the church. I think it's actually a very new age concept that mm -hmm. um, we celebrate success and anointing and breakthrough. Mm -hmm. And so we celebrate all the highs. And again, yes. Okay. Those are good things, but we're told to celebrate in our suffering. Yeah. Celebrate when things are, when we're weak, because he's able to be strong in us in those times to celebrate in our suffering because we're suffering with Jesus. Right. <laughs> There's no other there. Um, I was listening to a teaching recently there uh, from a biblical scholar. He said, there's no other teaching. This guy was not even a Christian. He's a Jewish man saying this. He's saying there's no other teaching except for Christianity that celebrates lowliness. And <laughs> <laughs> like, it's crazy. We're, we're it. And, um, you know, we've accepted like that. Again, it's the Tony Robbins Christianity. Like God wants you to be rich and happy and the, a movie star and blah, blah, blah. And maybe he does. Maybe that's what he has for you. Maybe that's part of his plan for you. But that is not, um, that can't be your ambition. I think that's a huge thing here. It's like, what is your ambition? Yeah. And I don't think there's room for ambition in the kingdom. Mm -hmm. um, at least not like in the sense that we're familiar with it. Mm -hmm. I think that our number one ambition, if you want to use that word, has got to be obedience to God and intimacy with him. Yeah. And Bill Johnson, um, I mean, he says this all the time, but I remember him saying it several times when I was in school ministry. 
that basically sort of comparing when you have this transactional relationship with God, when you are, you know, looking to, I'm, I want to get in the secret place because I'm looking for revelation. I'm Mm -hmm. want to get in the secret place because I want him to reveal my, like what I'm supposed to do next. And, um, whatever. I want to have a supernatural experience. He says, mm-hmm. you are prostituting your relationship. With God. You're prostituting your intimacy. I was like, ouchie. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, was actually really reassuring and validating because mm-hmm. I was in, they called my year at Bethel the most manifesting year. Uh, like, like demonically manifesting spiritually. Sometimes it was demonic, yeah, <laughs> but that, you know, people are, always drunk in the spirit and laughing and all all of the mm-hmm. things me nothing nothing i was feeling nothing i was experiencing nothing and i was thinking something is wrong with me mm-hmm. and these people all have these outward signs that something they have this intimacy with the lord and bill was basically saying that's not how my relationship with the lord is and you if you're not like that that's okay too like that doesn't mean that you're not intimate with the lord oh and yeah doesn't mean that um you're any less valid in your connection with the lord mm-hmm. and that was huge for me because i thought because i wasn't having these experiences that i was um experiencing less of god's presence so this kind of goes back to the other thing we were talking about mm-hmm. um or that i was gonna miss out on something that i was doing something wrong i wasn't surrendered in some way that was allowing me to have these experiences. And so I think it's really important to remember that that's got to be our number one ambition, whether you're having supernatural experiences or not. Um, we of course always want to have like the power of the Holy spirit in our lives. I think it's in one of the epistles talks about those who, um, you know, appear to have godliness, but deny its power, Mm -hmm. the power of the Holy spirit and of, of godliness. Mm-hmm. Um, so we don't want to deny that, of course, but there's also a recognition that it's completely outside of our control and that we're not in our relationship with God to be the best at our own. We're not in our relationship with God to have supernatural experiences. We're not, yep. in, we're not in it for anything. We're yeah. in it because we have been given the most incredible gift in the world, the the opportunity to know our creator, to know God, and let so alone good. to have salvation. And what, what can we do in response to that? And so it's not, what do we have to do? We, we have that gift. It was freely given to us. And so what, what does that sort of elicit in us? And for me, um, and I think this is kind of clear in scripture, it's to, to pursue holiness and to walk in it. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean that you're getting everything right, that you're just magically pure and not struggling with any sins or anything, but it's about like David. Okay. David, massive failure on <laughs> totally shrewded it there's an office reference yeah. for you <laughs> <laughs> definitely shrewded it okay yeah. <laughs> over and over again yeah. but his heart before god hit the posture of his heart was his heart was broken every time he did that every mm-hmm. time he made a mistake and he yeah. humbly came before god and said punish me like i deserve to be punished like what okay whatever you need i'm not going to complain the humility he had in walking with the Lord, but his desire to love God. And then he writes in the Psalms that when you love God, you meditate on his law day and night because mm-hmm. you want to follow his law because mm-hmm. you want to please him. And sometimes we don't like to, um, you know, talk about that as Christians. We're like, oh, the law, that's we're free from the law. Mm-hmm. But it's still like 
this is still where God lays out what sin is for us. And mm-hmm. so we still have an opportunity to learn from the law, whether it's in the Old Testament or the commandments of Jesus yep. um, or the reiterations of the law from Paul. You know, it's still instruction for us on how we can how we can love God back. Help Elijah Fire continue to make an impact around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. Visit ElijahFire.com slash donate and become a partner today. Um and it you don't have to be some crazy spiritual person. You don't have to be insanely prophetic or um you know you don't even have to have the gifts of tongues. You don't, you, yeah. you know, you're, nobody is precluded from loving God and from being loved by him just because we don't have the outward expressions. Those outward things are good and amazing. And I'm so thankful to be a part of the body of Christ that knows the supernatural and knows that part of God. Mm-hmm. But we don't want to um, misplace priority mm-hmm. when it comes to putting things higher than the word of God and, mm-hmm. and the truth that he's given us. Oh Just yes. And- yes. And I think that that's, you know, like I was talking about earlier, God doing, there's doing certain things that God is doing collective, like in people, millions of people right now. And this is another thing. And I know because hearing you talk, I'm like, God has been speaking the exact same thing to me, which is, so cool. which is all about like you, your focus is me. Like it's not in all these other, Oh, I need to make this happen. Okay. God told me to do this. I need to make this happen, man. Justice. I will tell you like, as I've progressed in my walk with the Lord, this becomes more and more and more true, uh, is all the solutions to every, every problem, every question I've had, every doubt I've had, um, when you're searching for, oh God, what's my calling? Oh God, what's uh, what, what, where am I? What am I supposed to do next? It's all, all of it is found in seeking His face. Like that's it. Like because if we, and I say this all the time, I will never stop saying this, people. Okay, so you just have to deal with it because <laughs> it's just it's becoming more and more and more true for me. Where I'm just finally getting it, and it's like it's all over in the Bible, but it just takes sometimes it takes a long time to get all those stupid constructs that we've built up to actually get to this simplicity. Um, but I'm like, yeah, yeah it's found in seeking him. It's, it's mm-hmm. found in, in, in spending time with him, not to get uh, like Bill Johnson was talking about, not, not to get a certain result. Well, I want, mm-hmm. I want money. So I'm going to go say, hey, God, can you like, can you fork over a little cash for yeah. me? <laughs> or like, Hey God, can you uh, open this door for me? Um, yeah, I've just been reflecting a lot on on the some things that I've done even subtly in the past, which is, hey God, I want to do this thing. Okay. <laughs> so, oh Lord, this is my calling. So uh <laughs> pretty please do it for me and then we'll we'll rock and roll. Here we go. Yeah. You know, and and oh man, like so much just like deep repentance over that of being like, you need to do what I want to do. God, you need to partner with us. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I just feel like the fear of the Lord over that. I'm like, no, it is to, it is to serve him. It is to worship him. That is why we were created. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah. And it's so true. I mean, again, going back to David, I really love David as an example because 
he's he just stands out so much. I mean, to be called a man after God's heart, it's a pretty big deal. Yeah. Um, he was literally shepherding sheep. Talk about not having ambition, you know? He's shepherding sheep. He's obeying. He's doing the thing that he's supposed to be doing. And God pulls him out of the field supernaturally to come kill a giant. And then he's just like, okay, I'm just killing a giant. I'm just defending God's name. He still doesn't have an ambition. He's not like, yeah, when I do this afterwards, I'm going to be. Then they'll, then they'll uh, make me the king. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, then he gets chased for like forever. And, mm -hmm. you know, Saul's trying to kill him. And you don't see, uh, yes, this is the path of the king. This is clearly right. the prophetic destiny of David. Like a lot of times our prophetic destiny that God has for us is so completely unknown to us. There, there's really no point in us trying to, uh, you know, figure out every step and plan it all out. And I'm not saying don't be intentional because I think intentionality is important. Stewarding what God gives us, stewarding prophetic words, obviously all that's important, but yeah. Not at the cost of, yeah, just the basic things of intimacy with God and working on your character and, you know, tr constantly having a self-assessment and, and having those who hold you accountable speaking into your life of like areas you're blind in and growing in that. <laughs> um, that's a huge help. Marriage helps with that. Fun fact, yes. people, uh, a lot. Yeah. And uh yeah, but constantly letting our motivation be not, I want to be the, like, my mountains are government and uh, family. I feel, you know, I think that's what the Holy Spirit has revealed to me and mm -hmm. through prophetic words and all this. Yeah. Um, maybe that'll change or expand, but those have been really consistent throughout my life. Mm -hmm. My ambition is not to, like, I don't know. I don't need to go be the president of the United States. Maybe, maybe God does that. Yeah, maybe. Kind of crazy, but maybe. President <laughs> okay. Justice. Yeah. No, yeah. President Justice has a nice ring to it. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I literally had, that was my ambition. I was 10 years old and I was like, I'm going to be the first female president. And I had a little sweatshirt that said it. And oh, I'm, that is. This is what I, I'm going to do. Um, but now my ambition is just like, okay, God, these are areas that you've highlighted to me. And so what can I do right now? What does it look like right now for me to be active in these, in these mountains? And, um, you know, there's like a janitor on every mountain also, and none mm -hmm. of us need to see ourselves higher than that. Yeah. Even if you become the Justin Bieber on arts and entertainment, you've got to come out with the janitor's heart. Yeah. I mean, like Jesus went from heaven as God to earth as a human being living in essentially a third world country in ancient times with no running water, electricity, medical care, anything, um, and served people and washed their feet and, and sacrificed everything. I mean, and that's our example. And so that that's how we, I think, need to, to look at our mountain. Not, this is an opportunity for me to get up higher here. I mean, I saw this, I'm a worship leader also. I cannot tell you how prevalent this is in the worship world of like, oh, this is an opportunity for my worship career. What even is that phrase? A worship career. That's right. just so crazy to me. Uh, here's my opportunity. I'm going to lead and I'm leading more songs than you. So, ha. Huh. Mm, and, yeah. and it's not always that obvious, but it's like this ambition of I'm, I'm going to try to, you know, work these opportunities instead of coming in and being like, I'm going to serve. 
I'm going to serve where God has me. And knowing that if I'm called to be in the king position, he's going to pull me out of the field, you know? And I've just got to make sure that I'm serving in the right place, that kind of thing. And that doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily mean like in a traditional church setting. I think when we hear that phrase, like go and serve as Christians, we think it means like go do children's ministry or something. And maybe yeah. it does for you, but yeah, it's, uh, there's no real like one thing that it means, you know, yeah. So. yeah. It could be in a high position that you're serving kind of like, well, kind of like, kind of like Joseph is serving Pharaoh, but he's in a high position, but he's still serving, you know? So maybe you're a business owner and your business is incredibly successful. Then your position is, you know, shepherding the people that, that you lead your employees and the people underneath you. And, um, it's not like this, ha ha, look at me. I succeeded. God loves me and I'm successful. It's like, what can I, first of all, what can I do with this influence for the kingdom? What is, this is all God's. It's recognizing that everything is his, you know? And um, yeah, I just, I want to see that like emphasized more in people talking about seven mountains. Cause this message has taken off well beyond my dad in his message and books. There's, oh yeah. Well, cause the first time I heard it, cause I was in YWAM the first time I heard this, it was seven spheres of society, but it was yeah. the exact same thing. Well, I Lauren, think that's Lance Yeah, well, Lawrence Cunningham was uh, Lawrence Cunningham, and there's one other guy. I want to say David Hamilton, but I could be wrong. Anyways, they were like big YWAM guys. Well, Lauren Cunningham founded yeah. YWAM. Um, and then I know Lance Wall now. Kind of, yeah, he had some stuff, and I know your dad and him compared notes and all that stuff too. But yeah. um, it's crazy, man. Like, um, do you know who Jesse Green is? Mm-mm. Um, she's a big like revivalist. I've had her on the show a couple of times, oh, cool. but she's writing a book that's all about, she had had this vision of like seven waves of like what God is doing. And mm-hmm. we're actually in the seventh, or the the second wave right now, which is the resurrection of the unborn. And it was all about Roe v. Wow. Wade. And then it, wow. like, and then it got overturned. It's, it's pretty crazy. Like the detail of that, but she's doing, writing a book about it. Um, and you know she's talked about it a lot on this show, but it's basically about this whole thing about God kind of reorienting all of our hearts. Um, and obviously the objective is unity, right? Which is another thing in your notes. See yeah. that segue? Woo! <laughs> good. Oh, yeah. Um, so yeah, like the, the whole purpose is to unite around Jesus. And so, okay, I wanted to read, I actually found a couple of days ago, I stumbled across a really great A.W. Tozer quote, which mm-hmm. actually goes along with this. So um It says, has it ever occurred to you that 100 pianos all tuned to the same fork are automatically tuned to each other? They are of one accord by being tuned not to each other, but to another standard to which each other must individually bow. So 100 worshipers met together, each one looking away to Christ, are in heart nearer to each other than they could possibly be were they to become unity conscious and turn their eyes away from God to strive for closer fellowship. Dude, uh, that hit me that like a so good. Yeah, so that's from The Pursuit of God, everybody. That's a great book. If you haven't read it. Um, there's a lot of really. Blue, yeah. Blue. And he's always got like really short. It, they're always really short books because they hit so hard, man. Um, you could like sit for hours and just read one chapter. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I just thought that quote was really summed up kind of kind of what you're, you're, you're talking about. I think there's this effort we have to be like, okay, we need to throw in more 
we need to throw in more creativity or we need to throw in more this or that. Um, but ultimately it's in pursuing Jesus. It's in, it's in, and it's laid out for us in the Bible. Um, it's about self-denial. It's about, um, preferring your brother over yourself. And, and, and those, those things have been around, you know, like they've been there since this has existed, you know, the Bible has existed, you know, um, but for some reason, we're always trying to look for new things. How do we do this differently? I'm like, just follow, follow <laughs> Jesus, man. <laughs> just try to do the first simple thing, right? <laughs> because that will probably be a lifetime pursuit. Yeah. And talking about unity around Jesus, you know, I even like, I have a passion to take this even to the next level, which is cross denominations and even like in crossing the Catholic Protestant. Oh, line. I love that. Yeah. That's my heart too. There is. There are Catholics and Protestants and people of all different denominations and people who are non-denominational, charismatic, like I, the background I came from, who are not, um, I'm not trying to speak to their salvation, but they would not be considered Christians by like a biblical standard. Mm -hmm. They're not professing the things that you're supposed to profess in, in order to be part of the body. And so, again, I am not trying to judge anyone's salvation. I am talking about, you know, there's like um, quantitative things we can kind of look at and be like, mm -hmm. oh, well, I think we have to believe he's the one and true only way. And, yeah, you know, probably a good place to start. Yeah. <laughs> but if that is the gospel that we are fighting for, if we are standing for the true gospel, the, the death and resurrection of Jesus as our savior, as the son of God, as, as our path to knowing the father, then I am just so sad that I, I constantly see these articles written. It's primarily aimed at charismatics to be An easy target, you know, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, but it's like uh cessationalists, um, which are, if you're not familiar with that term, people who don't believe that the gifts no. of the spirit exists anymore. We talked about it on the show okay. a couple of times. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, saying that you're a heretic if you believe that the Holy Spirit is still moving. Um, that's pretty, that's pretty strong because you're basically saying that you're you're not a part of the body at that point. Mm -hmm. Um, and there I I hear Christians, I hear our stream of Christians saying that Catholics are not Christians, that they're heretics, that they're not, and there are Catholics who are heretics. The, maybe yeah. even the Pope, you know, you know, yeah. I'm going to ruffle some feathers with yeah. that, some Catholic yeah. feathers if there are any. Um, but there are, I have so many Catholic friends who, because I'm involved in the pro-life movement and mm -hmm. they are believers and they're able to encourage me in my walk with the Lord mm. and I'm able to encourage them. And it translates because we're believing the same Bible. We're believing the same gospel. And so there's theological differences, but that is not a big enough reason for us to draw dividing lines. Right. Oh, absolutely. And yeah. and Paul talked about that over and over again. Don't let people come and needlessly draw divisions between you guys. You are one body. And we're not all going to be the same part of the body. We're not all going to look the same. And maybe that's was referring prophetically to um, denominations. I don't know. It seems like we got a lot of them. <laughs> but, but the bottom line is I think that I think especially we can lead the way as a charismatic movement, as a spirit-filled movement. In Let's stop drawing these dividing lines and start celebrating when we are fighting for the same gospel mm -hmm. and stop acting like people have a less important relationship with God because they don't know the Holy Spirit in the same way that we do or vice versa. 
Like if somebody is fighting to protect the same gospel that I am and the same story of Jesus that I am and the same redemptive transformative power that I am, we're on the same team and we don't need to agree on all our theology and we can have fun debates about it. But the bottom line, like we're, we're the same body, you know? Yep. Oh, yes. I, I, that is, I think that's really what God is also after right now is, 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 um, is complete unity within the body of Christ and that we can't be so closed off by, I'm honestly, I'm just so sick and tired because I grew up, I grew up, I was raised non-denominational, then predominantly Lutheran. Mm. Um, and then like the God, Protestant then, Catholic. <laughs> yeah. And then God got a hold of me and then just kind of like, I started having crazy supernatural encounters. Then it was like, I went yeah. to Calvary Chapel and I've bounced all over the place. So I've actually had kind of a wide range. My mom used to take us to mass also when we were kids, you know, so I've um, so cool. like a couple of times, I don't want to make it sound like we I went to mass all the time and I yeah. can recite all the things they, whatever uh, I can't. <laughs> um, but um, my heart is just, and I ache for this is stop getting hung up on non-salvation issues. And, and causing divisions right there. Yes. I'm so tired. I'm so tired of it. Cause I'm like, I can't deny the things that have happened to me in my life that are supernatural. I can't. And it's just from pursuing the Lord. I was hungry and I would just spend time with him and, um, and the things would happen, you know? And, um, but I'm so tired of these non-salvation issues. And there are people online, YouTubers who, <laughs> have made it their entire ministry to talk trash about other Christians. And yeah. I'm so tired of it. I'm yeah. so sick of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a waste of breath. I, and I'm all about like, um, respectful, uh, debate conversation around. Sure. There's a lot of things to have disagreements about <laughs> outside of the salvation issues, mm -hmm. but it's, you're, you're so right. When we make it a character assassination, Mm -hmm. where we call someone a heretic because okay they believe that um okay i'm thinking of like people who the ladies all wear skirts they're not heretical Mennonites. Yeah, yeah there's the Mennonites and the pentecostals are, and baptists there's a group of each of them who do skirts yeah um, i know because probably some who watch the show who knows yeah. we yeah. love you guys yeah. i love you guys seriously yeah. um there's something so beautiful about that level of being sold out like it creates like a healthy jealousy in me where I'm like, dang, I love that jealousness. And I think mm -hmm. as long as, uh, again, as long as people are not thinking they're getting salvation out of that, which I am yet to meet someone like that who thinks that their salvation is dependent on them wearing a skirt. Um, it's beautiful. It's beautiful that you're willing to sacrifice at that level mm -hmm. to, to please God. That's, that's beautiful. So again, I've, I've seen people on both sides of that fence calling each other heretics. Um, I'm a part of like random Christian groups on Facebook. And so you see these people going back and forth. Of oh, like, yeah. oh, you're immodest. And so you're, yeah, you're not a real believer or mm -hmm. vice versa. You think that you're, you think you're earning your salvation because you do X, Y, Z. And it's just like, no, can we respect the women who this is what they, they are choosing to do. The, the phrase Christian liberty is what people like to use a lot. And then the people who also don't, but they also believe the same 
foundational truths that we do. We are, we're standing shoulder to shoulder, and I think we really need to see that. Thanks for listening. The Elijah Fire podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, visit ElijahFire.com slash donate. Yep. Yeah. And I think, too, uh, something that it's not lost on the people that I've been like all summer, I think I've been I, I've been stuck on Romans. And it's mm. it's not even like a read cover to, you know, you know, the you know front to back book of Romans and then back and back. It literally is like God will be like, OK, no, stop here. OK, now read this for these two verses over the next like two weeks and just yeah. like and, and it's been that, you know, but. Yeah. One of the big things is, is the thing that I love, I actually love this and it, people say, Oh, this is a contradiction. There's so, all these contradictions in the Bible. I'm like, this is just how God is. Like it's both like there, there'll be like one thing. It sounds like a contradiction. I'm like, it's yeah. both. Yeah. You know? And so it's like, especially the whole concept of preferring your brother and, and being mindful of other people's, people's consciences. And, um, and it goes both ways, honestly, because it's like, hey, if I have a conviction over something, that doesn't mean that everybody should have a conviction about this, especially if it's if it's definitely not detailed in in the Bible. Yeah. You know, um, you know uh, and however, it, it's it's a both thing. So it's like, OK, well, I need to be mindful of that. And it could be not just a one size fits all just in general thing. It could be in certain circles. Hey, just be more mindful of this. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, uh, but it's, it's a, it's a both and thing. It's like, yes, I'm free. You know, there's that whole thing that I think so many, so many times I think, I feel like over, over my observations over the years, people take all things are permissible and they just take that first part and they go, let's, let's go, you know? And they just like do all kinds of crazy things. And they're like, how dare you judge me? You're not supposed to judge me. I'm like, you're, you're killing yourself. Uh, so yeah, I kind of feel like I need to say something, Um, (laughs) but you know, but not all things are beneficial, you know? And that's the second part of the, the verse. And I think that, um, it's like, yeah, obviously we have freedom. And Paul's very clear. He's like, why is someone else's weak conscience the, the determining factor of my freedom? It's not. Yeah. However, I will gladly disregard this thing to prefer my brothers, yeah. um, you know, who might have a weaker conscience and yada, yada. But it really is also that's a you can't we can't decide on that collectively. It has to be on the individual. And that's what, that's what it's like. So comp- complicated, but simple at the same time. Yeah. And it takes maturity. It honestly takes maturity. It's like, well, am I doing this thing because I want to, or, or am I doing this thing because I feel like I'm supposed to, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Or am I doing this because I think it makes me like, okay, there's a difference between things that are sanctifying us. And like, I think there are actions that we can choose to take that are sanctifying, you know, becoming, making us Uh like Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Or, um, are we doing this for self-righteousness as in this makes me like objectively whole, like it makes me holier, not because it's making me more like Jesus, but it actually just makes me a better person. And now it makes me feel holier. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, I, that's a huge one. That's a really, really huge one. And that's really, for me, the difference between legalism and not legalism and freedom. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not a set of actions. Uh, that's a huge thing. I I get called legalistic by people quite regularly, which is really whatever. Really? Annoying. <laughs> yeah. Um, and part of that is because 
I have really like hard lines about some things that I mm -hmm. feel really strongly about. And I, yeah. I think I'm right or else I wouldn't do it. Right. But I respect other people who have a different opinion that they've also come to through prayer and reading scripture and being led by the Holy Spirit. Um, and, you know, I don't think that it makes me any better or that God loves me anymore. Um, but I want to do the most that I can to to respond to the gift that I've been given mm. of relationship with God and to yeah. love him by honoring his commands. And so I do the best that I can to, uh, to, to, to honor that. And so sometimes people are like, Oh, that's legalistic. You're being legalistic. And I'm like, yeah. no, I just like want to err on the side of, you know, caution. And if yeah. there's a question here, then I'm going to be more careful um, because I want to honor God and I, I, I want to love him in my actions and not do like what Paul said. So, so that grace should, so that grace can abound. Should we just sin and sin and sin? Like, yeah. no, I'm trying to avoid sinning. I, I am. Mm -hmm. And I have to have the Holy spirit guide me in order to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, but not because I think, yay, now I need less of God's forgiveness. No, like I think it was Paul or Jesus that said, if you transgress, against one part of the law you've transgressed the whole thing mm -hmm. you mess up one thing you're guilty of the whole entire thing we're mm -hmm. all equally guilty and so it's not about being less guilty it's about wanting to honor god and wanting to look more like him wanting to reflect his kingdom more and yeah. so i just want to encourage those of you who are like that also that you're not that does not mean that you're legalistic that does not mean that you are um that you have to like live some worldly life in order to not be legalistic. Like, no, you can, you can live very set apart. Um, but it's about addressing your internal heart, heart condition and your spirit, man. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I honestly, I think justice, like you sharing about how, you know, when you were at Bethel, you know, in school, you, you were seeing, people manifest in great ways and having these crazy encounters yeah. and you were like am i spiritually retarded because yeah. like you know and i think that there are people yeah. who do feel that way um and i kind of reminded me of a story of like experiences aren't everything because even those like, i've witnessed so many people who had i was a part of like i was a part of a meeting that like changed me but they're atheists now, or one of them, he was a guy that got slain in the spirit. And now he's years later. Now he's living the life as a woman, you know? And so it's like, to me, like those experiences aren't going to be the thing. Oh, if I could just have this then. And it's sort of like to use a more practical analogy, I guess. Um, uh, often in video production and filmmaking, they say, I'm like, don't get so beholden on the quality of your gear, like that, that's going to be the thing that's going to make you, Oh, if I had, if I bought this $20,000 camera, I mean, that's going to make me a good filmmaker. No, it's not. I've made, <laughs> I've made stuff off of like a, an iPhone and a desk lamp, you know, and like you use what you, you have. Um, yeah. And so to look at like, Oh, if I just had this, then I would. Well, you have everything you need right now. And I think that um, ultimately um, I just, I, I love the, the different shapes and sizes within the body of Christ that it's, we're, we're not, we're of one accord, but you know, 
there's a lot of teaching about how we're the body of Christ and, and a head doesn't look like a foot, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe some people's do, but <laughs> in general, no, you know? Um, <laughs> you know, so I think, so I just think, yeah, I just think that it's really important to, um, Maybe you just, maybe you're just different. And that's, man, in the kingdom of God, different is good. Yeah. Like different is real good. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, um, yeah, if you're one of those people and you do think you're somehow missing out or that you haven't done enough for God, or um, I don't know, like Jeff was saying, you're spiritually retarded because you haven't had yeah. these really outward experiences with God. I just want to say, and especially for men, I think it happens, especially with men. And I think mm -hmm. because frequently it's connected with an emotional thing that was even harder for me. Cause I'm like, all, the, especially all the girls are having these experiences. And I'm just like me and the men are standing there. Like mm. nothing's happening. Yeah. Um, it's, I've seen a, a lot of men. I feel like the Holy spirit is reminding me of this though. Think that they have a less intimate relationship with God than their wives because their expression of worship or their relationship with God looks different than their wives relationship. And a lot of wives insinuating that towards their husbands and making their husbands feel even more like this. Yeah. And I just feel like, like the Lord wants you to know your relationship with him is no less valid and wow. no less special to him just because it looks different than um, a, the female expression or than other females expressions. Uh, maybe, maybe for you, it's the opposite dynamic, but I, that's a dynamic I've seen the most frequently is like a woman who's very spiritually expressive and having a lot of experiences and a husband who is not. And so he's feeling mad at God and he's feeling uh, mad at his wife and all these things. And it's like, no, you're like your, your walk with God is just as valid as your wife's, even if that. you're um, not having these experiences. Mm -hmm. And like you said, I think at least half, if not more, of the people that I went to ministry school with now are not believers. Yeah. Uh, to say so the least of the things that they're dealing with. And so those experiences don't guarantee anything. In fact, sometimes um, it makes your relationship with God very experiential based. Mm -hmm. And so when that stops, then you move on to some other experience. And a lot of times that involves substances, alcohol, or just looking for and sexual experiences, something that's going to get you going again. Mm -hmm. And um, there is a strength and a stability that you can have when you're not having those experiences. If you're having those experiences and they're from God, like that's Yay. So, yeah. not, not trying to, yeah. you know, say anything against that. Yeah. I just think we, we celebrate that a lot more openly. And so I just want the people who, who don't, who are more like me, who are having more, I, I call it like an intellectual experience with God. Mm-hmm. Where I feel like I'm getting downloads and my thoughts or pieces are connecting that I don't think I would have thought of. Mm -hmm. um, that is just as valid. Just as yeah. there's a there's a strength and a stability to that that I think is really beautiful. And yeah. Um. And and God is no less close to you than He is to the person who's shaking on the floor. So good. Or waves yeah. flags in church. Yeah, because I honestly am not that way. I mean, I've had experiences where I mean, my um. I would say my relationship with the Lord is very, very dynamic and it's very, but I'm not, I don't, I don't shake on the floor. I don't, um, I've only experienced holy laughter one time in my life. I've been slain in the spirit three times total. You know, um, I often tend to, I, I think I'm probably right in the middle, um, in terms of like, 
yeah, there's some intellectual, yeah, there's some spirit surfer, whatever I call spirit <laughs> surfers, um, you know, but, but I think to me too, like with our relationship with God is, is very much modeled in our, our, our earthly relationships, because some of the best marriage advice I ever got from somebody who'd been married for 50 plus years, they said, stay committed and the feelings will return. Because you're not going to always have these moments of oh, like euphoria. You're just not. And um, and yeah, sometimes you'll wake up and you'll be like, you know, their breath stinks, you know, like whatever. I don't know. Um, and uh, but man, it's it is so true. And my wife and I have been married for 11 years and I love her more today than I did mm. when, when we first met. And and I think that it's just been through that process of stay committed and feelings return, but it it applies to God. And I've just taken it and applied it to my relationship with the Lord too, where I'm like, man, there's sometimes that it is, it is hard. Like you are going through something tough and it doesn't mean God's far away. It just means, you know, yeah, you might not be seeing more of a, like, oh, I'm having all these visions all the time. And then I rely on those visions. And those are the thing that that's how I know that my relationship with God is secure and safe. Well, then what happens when the vision stop? What if God is trying to do something yeah. new and he's trying to develop something else in us? So I just think, yeah, like you were saying, not being beholden to like one specific thing, because then it's like you just start chasing like a dopamine hit, um, you know, and then there's like so many times that like you were talking about the very beginning of this where you were like, oh, oh, God is here. Well, sometimes it's just that like you spent a whole week, um, you know, doing worldly things. And then you come back into this place and your spirit starts to open up again and you're feeling that. I think my brother-in-law was talking to me about that. Um, yeah. You know, where it's like, you're, you're all you're doing, your spirit is just becoming activated again because you're in an environment that's healthier than the way you were the yeah. whole week leading up to that. Or maybe it's the first time you're like actually worshiping and there's something about worship that just connects you with, your real identity and you know there there's a lot of a lot of possibilities there <laughs> yeah absolutely <laughs> what could be going on yeah okay justice can you do me a favor and can you just pray as you feel led yeah and we'll close this we'll close this baby out yeah awesome well holy spirit i just ask that you would come right now and that you would touch every heart that's listening um and that whatever whatever place that we talked about today where there's something in their heart that needs healing, uh, maybe they felt like there's something wrong with them because they're not having spiritual experiences or maybe they've been struggling with um, trying to conjure up their own destiny and compromise and any of these things. God, I just ask that you would come in with your blanket of grace and comfort right now, that there would be no room for shame or condemnation, but that there would just be transformation, that there would be conviction and transformation right now in the hearts of everyone who is hearing this prayer right now, Lord. And I ask that you would give us a desire for purity before you, a desire to have character that is reflecting a reflection of our Father, a reflection of the kingdom that we're a part of. Give us a desire to just be close with you because we can, not because we're trying to get anything out of it. Um, and those who have been asking for supernatural experiences, Father, that 
you would just show them how you already are speaking, how you already are involved, how you already are so close um, with with each of them, Lord, that there is, there is nobody who is um, precluded from having intimacy with you. Um, and so I just ask that any pain that has been caused by things that the church has even said, where we've put an overemphasis on the gifts of the Spirit above just knowing you, that there would be just healing in everyone's hearts right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Justice Keel, formerly in low. Formerly in low. <laughs> yeah. Um, tell people uh, about your social so they can follow you. Give them the deets. All that. All that good my stuff. my Instagram handle is actually still Justice Hope in low, which is a little confusing. I have not legally changed my last name yet, which is horrible. Oh wow. It is so hard to do it, and all the offices were closed when we got yeah, married. Yeah, you have to like do appointments but, for everything now. It's crazy. So At least I've got to do it now because we're having a baby in February, and I need us to all have the same last name. Yep. Because so, <laughs> we've got to get his passport right away and everything. I just I need to fix it. Um, mm -hmm. But for now, my Instagram matches my legal last name. It's a little motivation for myself. So it's mm -hmm. at Justice Hope Inlo, and um, I talk about a lot of this stuff online all the time, mm -hmm. and also just life and pregnancy. Yeah home things. So um, if you're interested in those things, a huge uh, passion of mine is talking about women and just what it means to be a woman of God. So especially yeah. women, you might enjoy following me. Men, you might enjoy following me. I don't know. I might be boring to you. We'll see. <laughs> no, I don't think. I mean, I think I follow. I think I follow you. I can't remember. No, but <laughs> yeah, it's not it's not uh, it's not boring. Uh, just I want to do some pregnancy content to get. Yeah, to you know, know, just swipe. <laughs> swipe past that, oh, yeah. that, you that. Yeah. that which is funny that we had like a whole nother point about biblical womanhood which we didn't even talk about today so follow her on instagram and you can get all of that good stuff there she talks about it a lot so yeah yeah and then you also have a link tree i provided that in the description everybody if you click that it opens up a, a bounty of other things <laughs> like you have an etsy shop where you sell super dope head scarves I've right got some of them behind me here Yo. yeah Yo, there you go. I love sewing. So I haven't done much recently because I am I'm four months pregnant. The first three and a half months, I was sick out of my mind. So yeah, you didn't want to blow chunks over. all over the. the no, yeah. you know I never once threw up, which is amazing. oh, you didn't. I just felt like I would like to. Mm. Um, yeah, I am very fun. fortunate because yeah, it was. I can't even imagine feeling that way and actually being sick would be yeah another level yeah uh yeah <laughs> yes to that so um justice thank you so much this was thank awesome you so much yeah Always an honor great convo who's interacted and yeah thankful yeah absolutely so everybody that's our show have an amazing weekend have a, a glorious weekend and then join us on monday when we've got shannon dombrowski back she hails from Ohio and she's a little fireball. So I can't wait for that. She's awesome. So uh, we'll see you guys on Monday. This has been Elijah Fire. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can check out the Elijah Fire podcast on ElijahFire.com, on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can watch us live every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific time on YouTube, Twitch, and Facebook. Elijah Fire is presented by Elijah Streams and is part of Elijah List Ministries. Click the link in the description for more info on how you can donate today.